I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome in to another edition of MCM Radio. I'm Jimmy Morris. Joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you? Doing well. What's up, man? Not a whole lot. Today we're going to talk about the depth chart that the Titans released earlier this week, and then we're also going to get into a little bit of a preview for the game Thursday night. Not a whole lot to, you know, X's and O's of preview necessarily, but just kind of some things we're looking for from that game. Before we do that, um, just remind you again that this is now our show, MCM Radio. It's part of the Music City Miracles feed. So if you're looking for us on wherever you find your podcast apps or wherever you find your podcasts, uh, just search Music City Miracles. That's how you can easily find us. Uh, if you go to the uh, Titans MCM Twitter account, there is a in the bio there. It has the link to the Apple Podcasts uh, Apple Podcast page, I guess, where you find us. And then I'm going to try to get, put together a post with, with all the other ones, the Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all that stuff. So you have links so you can find us. I think some people have been having some trouble finding us since we moved from Locked On. But that's where we are now. So again, just search that Music City Miracles feed and you'll find us there. You'll also get Titans Film Room Podcast, They're their first show on, I think they, it came out late Sunday night, early Monday of uh, this week. Uh, they did a really good job, so check them out as well. And if you just subscribe to the feed, you'll get both of those shows, uh, both of these shows as soon as they're available. Um, all right, so depth chart came out, and we know that for the most part, uh, you don't put a lot into this. Uh, they asked Mike Vrabel about it after practice on Monday, and he did say that he had a hand in putting this together, um, which is inter- interesting because I think it, it in some places and, and sometimes here in the past, it's pretty much just been somebody in the media relations department doing it based off of what they've seen or heard or whatever. Um, you know, just really kind of hit the highlights of it. Uh, you can find it. There's a post about it on Museum Miracles. Uh, obviously on the Titans website, all that stuff. You, you can find it wherever you, wherever you want to find it. Um, I think the first thing that stood out to everybody was that they listed – the starting offense was listed as three wide receivers instead of two tight ends. Uh, that has not typically been the case here. And then the biggest jump off from that was that Taewon Taylor, who by most accounts has had a pretty bad training camp, was listed as a starting wide receiver. Obviously, Corey Davis and then Adam, Adam Humphreys was listed as the slot receiver. So, again, I, I don't know how much you really put into this, but it was kind of interesting that they had Taewon out there as the first team guy. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like every other day you look and, you know, Taewon's dropping a ball or he's, uh, you know, a bucket catching one. He's not catching with his hands, letting it come into his pads. Uh, but by all accounts, you know, Tajay Sharp has been the most reliable target for, for Marcus Mariota out there. So that was a little surprising. And look, I don't, I don't think Tajay is anything special. Uh, I know you don't either, but uh, just from a re- reliability standpoint, I don't think him and Taewon Taylor are in the same zip code. So... Uh, again, don't don't put a lot into this, but that was interesting to see. You know, it's going to be interesting on Thursday uh, if those two come out together, if one comes out ahead of the other, you know, how long Taylor plays because I think he could use some more playing time to, to get more comfortable in this offense. So um, absolutely. And then, like you said, you know, three receivers, you're moving away from a two tight end base set, 
that brings up the question, how many tight ends do you keep? You've got Delaney Walker, Johnny Smith, Anthony Ferkser, and then Michael Pruitt. Uh, I, I don't want to cut any of those guys. Uh, so it's just kind of a different conversation than it was last year. Yeah, that's going to be the most interesting thing to me, I think, when you start looking at, you know, and we'll do a 53-man roster projection probably a couple uh, as, as we lead up to week one. But how many times do they keep? Yeah, it's a good question. Michael Pruitt is the guy that, you know, I, I think – he, he probably has a role here as the blocking tight end. Um, they, they have seemed to value that guy uh, even last year in, in LaFleur's offense that we think is going to be similar to what they're running this year. Um, how, how much better do they feel about, you know, Delaney Walker being back once John is back, if they think that both those guys can do really everything they want a tight end to do? Um, because then you get into the whole Anthony Ferkser conversation, and, and I don't think there's any doubt at all that Anthony Ferkser is the better receiving tight end than Michael Pruitt. Um, we've, we've seen flashes from Ferkser, uh, you know, in, in camp, in games. I mean, we, we've kind of seen it all with him. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like it's going to be tough to keep four. And if you need that blocking guy, then Ferkser could be the odd man out. I think he would catch on somewhere else. I don't think they'd be able to sneak him on the practice squad, even if he still has eligibility. I don't, I don't have any idea about that. But you brought up the point before we came on, then you get into the conversation of Ferkser versus versus Darius Jennings, because I think that you know you you're, you're pretty you're pretty sure they're going to keep Corey Davis, AJ Brown, Adam Humphreys, Taewon Taylor, Tajay Sharp. So you know those guys are all going to make this roster. Then it gets into that conversation of the sixth receiver versus you know some some people at other spots. Um, like I said, tight end could be the could be the spot there where you can't keep six receivers and four tight ends. I mean, maybe, maybe they find a way to do it, you know, based off of other things. But I think that would be kind of the point where you're starting to look at some decisions. And so I, I think it's going to be, we're finally getting into a place with this roster where you're going to cut guys that you're going to, like, you're going to feel the cuts a little bit. You know, the times that the roster was so bad for so long, and we've talked about this before, that when we would sit down to do a 53-man roster projection, you'd get like 47 guys. And yeah. you'd be like, oh, crap, i got to find six more guys to put on this team. And now, I mean, I think you are going to be eliminating some guys that have, that have done some good things for this team. But I don't know. I feel like probably Ferkser is more valuable from an offensive perspective, uh, closer to playing meaningful snaps than a guy like Darius Jennings, who was obviously very good as a kick returner last year. But I, I think then the conversation comes into what do they do on special teams, what would have to happen for them to need to contribute on offense, and I just wonder if Ferkser doesn't win out there, if it comes down to that. And again, they may be able to find those numbers at both spots. It's hard for me to imagine that they would cut Ferkser just because we've seen so many good things from him. But I do think, again, that you're going to be moving a couple of guys off of this roster that you feel like have made some contributions and some guys that will catch on other places. Yeah, 100% agree. I think uh, I think Ferkser brings a lot to this team, uh, more so than, than Darius Jennings does. You know, I, I don't think he brings a lot to the offensive table. Uh, he certainly has a kick returner, but uh, how, how many kicks are you returning these days? You know, you're telling me you can't find someone that, that can go do that. You can you can get Adam Humphreys out there, who's you know slotted to to be the punt returner, uh, to just catch it, take a knee. You know. Uh, most of these kicks nowadays go out of the end zone, so I don't think it's it's what it used to be. Uh, there's Jennings' spot, uh, so it, if it comes down to that, I'd, I'd have a real hard time if they pick Jennings over a fourth tight end, uh, a guy like Ferkser. Yeah, absolutely. Then the other interesting thing of note on offense, 
they listed Kevin Panfield as the starting right guard. Uh, Jack Conklin starting right tackle with Taylor Lewan starting at left tackle. Um, obviously, we know Lewan's not going to be here for the first four games. Um, so you, you, you slide Dennis Kelly into that spot. Uh, the right guard thing is is interesting because, you know, they draft a guy like Nate Davis. You think he's going to come in and compete, but he's been hurt. He's missed about a week now at this point. Um, so how far back does that set him in that competition? You know, all the rookies are buried on the depth chart. That's typically what happens when the first one comes out. Um, so don't put a whole lot of stock into where those guys are actually listed. But um, you, you just got to think that a, a guy like Nate Davis, who we were excited to see him compete for that spot, missing this much camp, I, it, just, it feels like it's going to be really, really tough for him to get back in the mix there unless he can come back in the next couple of days. I think, and again, we'll talk about this when we talk about the game here in a little bit, but I, I think it. I don't think we'll see him on Thursday night. So it just feels like it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle for him to get back into, you know, really fighting it out with Kevin Palmfield for that spot. Yeah, and it feels like Van feels to lose at this point. I mean, we kind of got that feel. When they drafted Nate Davis, it was – Kind of a, okay, let's see how it goes. Uh, we'll see six weeks in how Nate Davis is doing. We'll see how Panfield's performing. Uh, with the, the first-team offensive line, there's a change that needs to be made. That's the first one you make. Uh, right now, I, I can't see any changes being made there. Uh, you, you just hope a guy like Nate Davis can get, get in, get the reps. Uh, so if something happens, you know, one injury could, could shuffle this whole, whole deal around. Uh, so you hope Nate Davis is ready to go as, as the sixth, possibly seventh guy in the rotation. Yeah, and they've done so much mixing and matching early in camp there um, that I think things are pretty pretty much still in flux there, just especially the, for the first four weeks when Lawan's out. Uh, moving to the defensive side of the ball, Daquan Jones listed as the nose guy is interesting. Um, Rashawn Evans ahead of, of Wesley Woodyard. Uh, so that on this depth chart, you've got Rashawn and, and Jayon Brown listed as your two starting inside linebackers. Um, you've got Cameron Wake and Harold Landry as your outside starting linebacker, outside, yeah, starting outside linebackers. Um, you, you, listen, they haven't had a, they haven't had much success with a nose tackle guy. Um, be interesting to see what Daquan can do there. They they brought Brent Urban in, a guy that's familiar with the Dean Pease defense. So I, I mean, I think we're going to see significant snaps from him. But I, I think you're going to see a lot of rotating. Uh, on the defensive line and with the linebackers. Um, I think we will see a, a fairly significant portion of snaps with Rashawn Evans, Wesley Woodard, and Jayon Brown all on the field because, you know, those three guys are definitely among your best 11 defensive players. And so I think they're going to do whatever they can to figure out a way to get the best combination of those guys on the field to get after the quarterback. And, again, it's a good problem to have, right, where you've got three guys for, for two spots and three guys that you all feel really good about. But then again, to me, not much else stands out. Defensively, again, rookies buried. Um, no big surprise there. But you're starting corners and you're – I mean, I guess Adoree not being listed as a starting corner. You've got Logan Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler listed as your starting outside corners. But again, we know that Logan Ryan's going to slide in and play nickel. Adoree Jackson's going to be outside in those scenarios. The percentage of, of the time that they play nickel now is huge. So uh, I don't think that's any really big deal. Yeah, and, and real quick, back to the the, the uh, defensive line, Daquan Jones up to 322 pounds at, at nose tackle. That's something that I've wanted to see for a couple of years now. Uh, I, I think he's I think he's talented, uh, certainly more talented than, than the guys that Tennessee has brought in to kind of be Band-Aids in that nose tackle role. Uh, but again, you said it, they're in so much nickel, they're in so much sub-packaging, 
uh, it, it's really not going to change much, I don't think. So don't get caught up in, in the label of nose tackle for Daquan Jones. I, I think there's still going to be a rotation there with uh, Austin Johnson. And, and look, Brent Urban, that's a that's a 16-game starter from last year. I was a big fan of that signing. I think they signed him the, the week of the draft. It kind of went under the radar. Uh, he, he's listed first on the depth chart at, at defensive end. So I think that's a really important rotational piece, uh, especially with Jeffrey Zimmons sideline for at least half the year. Yeah, and so, um, again, uh, not a whole lot that you put into uh, this stuff, but just a few interesting notes uh, of ways that they're thinking about guys, and we'll, we'll get a better idea uh, of how they feel about guys when you look at the playing time stuff that happens in these in these first couple of preseason games. So coming after the break, we will get into kind of what we hope to see from this game on Thursday night. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Titans travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles week one of the preseason. Uh, you know, week one of the preseason is fun for about, you know, a quarter or so. <laughs> um, you, right, yeah. I mean, you're excited to see football. Uh, and you sit down and the starters will play a, a handful of plays and then you're into the second guys and then you're into guys that, you know, even people like us have never really even heard of. So, um, but again, it's, it's the first step towards regular season football. So that's always exciting. Um, you pointed out again before we went on here that you're most likely looking at a game, uh, your first preseason game where none of your first three uh draft picks are, are on the field uh, we know Jeffrey Simmons is not going to be there AJ Brown hasn't practiced fully um, since he hurt his hamstring I guess in the second or third practice so I think it's extremely unlikely that he plays uh, Nate Davis hasn't practiced in about a week so I, I think it's probably pretty unlikely that he plays as well so that's a little bit discouraging just because you want to see those guys on the field for the first time kind of see what they bring to the table but you know again preseason preseason games number one the biggest thing you want to see is no injuries. That, that's obviously the, the thing that you're rooting for in, in all of these games. Um, secondly, you know, as far as the first-team offense, I'd love to see them come out, put together a nice crisp drive. Uh, you know, of course, get a touchdown would be ideal. Um, but really, I, I just want to see a, a confident Marcus Mariota. I want to see him out there in command, uh, you know, looking like he's back to the guy that he was before the leg injury. Because I just really don't think he's been the same since he broke his leg and so look at that guy second year basically in this offense um just looking for that kind of command and you want to see that obviously grow as they play more throughout the preseason but after that i mean you know you're going to see ryan ryan Tannehill after that um i I don't we know what he is he's the best backup they've had here in a while um but you know you're not going to be able to draw a lot because once you get down to that point like i said with aj brown out you're probably going to see a lot of taewon taylor maybe tajay sharp running with him uh, you're not going to have Derrick Henry in this game. So, you know, we'll get a good look at some of these running backs that are a little bit down on the depth chart. But I don't know if they keep more than three running backs. So um, I, with the amount of injuries that they have, and again, none of them are serious So it, it to this point. So it's, it's not a huge deal. But I do think the level of intrigue 
uh, in the suspension from the offensive side of the ball, it's going to fall off a cliff after the after the first two or three series. Yeah, you got four of your six draft picks out. You know, likely. You know, Walker didn't didn't practice today either. So, um, from from a rookie standpoint, uh, this game is not shaking shaping up to be too interesting. But uh, again, new new offensive coordinator. Marcus Mariota, make or break year. You know, we've talked about it the entire offseason. We finally get our chance to see it live uh, on TV. Uh, don't know how many how many guys he's going to have out there. Will Corey Davis play? Will Delaney Walker play? Uh, we don't know. We definitely don't know how much. But I just want to see, and, and you said it, I just want to see Mariota come out there confident. I want to see a, a scripted drive, you know, him on the same page with all of his receivers. I don't want to see a ball sale. 20 yards over, uh, you know, a receiver screw up a route, uh, like we've seen so much over the past two seasons. Just needs to be clean, needs to be crisp. Uh, you know, give me some tempo. Let's go down, score a touchdown, get off the field, and, and advance to next week. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see Adam Humphreys. I want to see him move the chains. I want to see how uh, Marcus Mariota and, and, and he work together. I think that is a match made in heaven. I, I think those two are going to be great. I think he's going to be a, a little bit like Julian Edelman in, in this offense, just a guy that's nothing real flashy, just a guy that's going to go over the middle, get you tough yards, get you first down. So uh, those are, are the little opening things that, that I want to see. Obviously, this offensive line, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they perform. But again, no Derrick Henry, a lot of injuries already. So, uh, you know, not as excited as I typically am for the first preseason game, but it'll still be good to have football back. Yeah, and I think the the best thing that we can hope for really to this point is maybe in the next week or so you get everybody back on the field. Uh, they have the joint practices with the Patriots, I think, coming up next week. So it would be nice if, like, A.J. Brown was back for that, those. It would obviously be nice if Derrick Henry was back too. But not as concerned about him getting reps as you are a guy like A.J. Brown, a rookie, first time in this offense. Um, a receiver versus a running back. I mean, all those things, I, I think, play in here. So hopefully he's back sooner than later, and then maybe by the third preseason game, he can get somewhat of you know a, a normal amount of reps that a, that a starter or a guy that kind of projects as a starter would get. You're just, you're just always ready for week one. I mean, that, that's the ultimate thing is you want these guys ready to go week one and not, not be still gearing up in the first couple of weeks of the season. So I, I don't think we're – outside of the, the realm of possibilities for that to happen for A.J. Brown yet. But I do think we need to see him work his way back on the field next week uh, to have a realistic you know, goal of getting him back fully for week one. Because we've seen, uh, I mean, just Rashawn Evans last year. Um, you, you saw he missed all of camp. Uh, you know, and then even when he, when he got playing early in the season, he was still catching up. It was really you know, like mid-year before he hit his stride. So you just want to see, hopefully that these guys can get back. And, and like I said, Thursday night, let's get everybody healthy. Let's let's see a good drive from the offense, and everybody go to the house, and we can watch the other guys play. And hey, I mean, it'd be fun if you if you have somebody that you're not expecting to to make some plays. I mean, there, there's some guys, the the back end receivers uh, on this roster, and again, receivers are crowded right now, so I think it's hard for any of these guys to like earn a 53 man roster spot. But a guy like Caleb Raymond has been making a lot of noise in camp. Does he make a play? 
on on Thursday night to get noticed and at least maybe get bumped up a little bit, get a little bit more run, um, you know, make a practice score or something like that. Uh, and then the other thing that we didn't talk about depth chart, but it'll be interesting to watch early in this game on Thursday, Adam Humphreys is listed as the, as the first punt returner, uh, which, you know, ahead of Adore Jackson. Adore Jackson was obviously really, really good at that in college, struggled with it a lot, a lot last year. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out, um, what they're going to do there, because then I, I think, you know, you get into how much do you want those guys returning punts? Uh, you know, how important are they to their respect, respective positions and that kind of stuff? And then do you see somebody else step up and can kind of work their way onto the roster as a returner special teams guy? So um, that's really it. Defensively, I think I've got less questions about this defense than yeah. I have about any unit of this team in a long time. I mean, I, I think we're pretty confident who your starters are going to be and even the guys that are going to make the roster. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, it's the pass rush. You know, you want to see see a little something on Harold Landry, uh, who seemed to hit a little bit of rookie wall last year. But you definitely saw the flashes. Uh, so it would be cool to see him, you know, get after the passer a couple times. Uh, and then after that, it's kind of how the rotation goes. And it's going to be watered down, uh, of course. And you don't know how long they're going to play, but how Wake and Finch and Correa all fit in, how they how they all rotate will be interesting to see. And... You know, I'm not expecting Dean Pease to give us any information on this, but where Rashawn Evans bounces around, you know, he's listed as a starter at inside linebacker. Wesley Woodyard is listed as a second stringer. We know that's not really the case. You know, they're all three pretty much starters. They're just going to play in different spots. So uh, where he moves around, if he moves around at all on Thursday, will be interesting for me. Yeah, I mean, just seeing that, that type of stuff, uh, that's going to be interesting. Like I said, the biggest thing, football's back. So um, it'll be it'll be exciting to see that. So. That's what we'll have, and like I said, we'll have another show uh, after the game Thursday night, probably post uh, overnight Thursday into Friday, um, just kind of breaking down what we saw, uh, takeaways, and again, biggest thing, hoping we don't have any injuries to to talk about, to worry about, so that'll be the thing. Between now and then, musicmiracles.com is obviously where we write. Check out all of our stuff there. We'll have a live thread during the game, all that for you to uh, watch with other, other Titans fans, so that's always exciting, um, and again, if you're looking for the place to subscribe to this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, just search out Music City Miracles. That's where you'll find us. Subscribe to that feed. You get our show. You get the Titan Storm Room show as well. So, again, thanks so much for listening. Uh, for Terry, this is Jimmy saying have a good week. Enjoy the uh, first Titans preseason game, and we will talk to you on Thursday night.